but talking about that uh, with the, the young men and, and that I believe that God has a special plan. Obviously, you've heard me say that time and time again. And, and the message tonight is not geared toward parents, okay, uh, towards the, it's, uh, the young people. And many times it is, but that's what my heart is. My heart is for the young people, and I want them to, to grow, and I want them to follow God, and that's where my heart is. But uh, uh, anyway, back to David, and uh, God found a man, and then uh, it's amazing to me that, um, that David was able to go and, and uh, play the harp in the palace for King Saul. And you think about that. It, wasn't there somebody that was maybe in that area that could have played the harp? Wasn't there somebody that, I mean, there had to be a woman that was harping for sure, uh, you know, but uh, uh, there, there, uh, somebody, uh, had to be somebody in that area that could have played the harp. But no, they found David, and David was able to come there to the palace there and play the harp and, and, and see what was going on in the palace and see what was going on. And maybe, you know, because he was already been anointed king, and he's thinking, man, I don't want to do that when I become king. And I, oh, that's good. I like the way they do that. I'm going to steal that. I'm going to mark that down, and we're going to use that down the road. And uh, uh, then, then we know he goes back to uh, live with his family, and then a, uh, a few years later that uh, he takes a, 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 a cart uh, up to the, the, the Israelites, uh, to his brothers, and Saul there, and he walks in there, and, man, they got the Philistine army on one side, and they got the Israelites on the other side, and he walks in, and he's like, what in the world's going on here? What is this that's happening? And he steps up there, and he goes, man, listen, is there not a cause? Man, I'll take care of this. I'll take care of this. Listen, the Lord is with us. The Lord is with me. We'll, we're going to take this out. We're, we can do this. And it's amazing, though, that even when David was talking to King Saul and, and telling him that, man, listen, with God, it's possible. With God, we could do this. That Jonathan's heart was knit. It's amazing to me that Jonathan's heart was knit at that point, the Bible says. And when he heard David talking, have you ever, have you ever been around somebody like that where you hear them talking? He's like, hey, I, 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 I kind of like this guy. I kind of I like this person. I like, I like listening to I, Man, I could be a friend of his. I think that's the way it was with Jonathan at this point. That Jonathan, the Bible says his heart, at that point, he heard, he heard David. He says, man, the heart, my heart was knit there. We see now in David's life, it's a few years later, and he's getting a little bit discouraged. I mean, I think I would probably be discouraged too if, if I had a spear that was, or a javelin thrown at my head. I think I might be just a little bit discouraged. I think I might be a little bit paranoid. But, uh, uh, you know, he's, he, we see here, turn, look at 1 Samuel chapter 20, and we'll read, start reading in verse 1. And David fled from Naoth in Ramah and came and said before Jonathan, What have I done? What is my iniquity? And what is my sin before thy father that he seeketh my life? And he said unto him, God forbid, thou shalt not die. Behold, my father will do nothing, either great or small, but that he will show it me. And why should my father hide anything from me? It is not so. And David sware moreover and said, Thy father certainly knoweth that I have found grace in thine eyes. And he saith, Let not Jonathan know this, lest it be grieved. But truly, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, there is but a step between me and death. Now, I'm going to talk to you tonight about Death is but a step away. Death is but a step away. You know, we don't know when we're going to die. We don't. 
We, we don't know. We know that it, uh, we will die someday. We know that it uh, uh, hopefully will live a, a long, long time, and uh, that's what we all want. And, and if it all plays out right, you know, uh, my grandpa, I believe he lived to be 91 years old, and he ate ice cream every night before he went to bed. And uh, so I've tried to work on that, and so um, I just want to be just like my grandpa and, and uh, live to be a long, uh, lived a long life. And, uh, but uh, here, uh, uh, David is... It's getting a little bit discouraged. He's getting kind of like, hey, listen, I think, I think your dad is about to kill me. I think he wants to kill me. Listen, what is going on? And he says in the last part there, there is but a step between me and death. David felt that his own life was in such jeopardy that with his next breath, his life could be taken. He said, there is but a step between me and death. And let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I need your help tonight. Lord, I want to be a blessing. Lord, I want to be an encouragement to the people that are listening to my voice, dear God. Lord, I pray that you'd help me to say the right things, Lord. Lord, be with us tonight, Lord. I just pray just watch over uh, what's being said. Lord, give me your strength and your power. In Jesus' name, amen. We know that we're all going to. It's not a matter of if we're going to die. It's a matter of when we're going to die. We are going to die. We know that. We know that. If, if somebody came to you, the doctor came to you more than likely and told you that you had one year to live, how would you live your life? Well, you think one year, that's, well, that's a long time. Would it be, oh, let's see, okay, I'm going to plan a family vacation. I'm going to, I'm going to get things uh, taken care of here, get my family all set up. Okay, what if the, some doctor came to you and said you had six months to live? How would you live your life? What if, what if uh, the doctor said you had but maybe three months to live? How would you live your life? What if he came to you and said you have only a month to live or even a week or maybe you have hours to live? How would you live your life? Well, you think, man, if I had two weeks to live, man, man I would be getting everything right with God. Boy, I would make sure everything is right with everybody around me. I would make sure everything is right where it needs to be. Man, I'd make sure I'm safe for sure. And, uh, man, I'd get everything right. You know, we're not guaranteed to live till tomorrow. We're not guaranteed to live to the end of the service. Heaven forbid, has somebody have a heart attack in here, but it could happen. You hear of it happening. We're not guaranteed to live the next week. We're not guaranteed to live a year. There is a step between me and death. Jonathan, in his effort to confirm David, said, I don't, I don't believe you're going to be killed, man. Listen, you're not going to be killed. You're going to be okay. Listen, you're supposed to be the next king. Okay, you've already been anointed. God's already anointed you to be the next king. It's going to be okay. Remember, prophet Samuel told David that God had chosen him to be the next king of Israel. How could he possibly die before he came to the throne? Yet David said, there is but a step between me and death. Sometimes we get discouraged, and David here obviously is a little discouraged and down. But David took his eyes off the Lord. And convinced Jonathan to add a little scheme to, to find out if his dad was really going to kill him. You know the story, how he, how he uh, set it up where Jonathan, listen, go in there and have supper. I'll be waiting outside somewhere. You tell him when he asks where I'm at, you tell him that, that I went to spend some time with my dad and my brothers and sisters. And that I'm just away for a while. So they had the supper. You know what happened there? He found out that he did want to kill him. The Christian must determine to live by faith and not by sight. So how are we going to do that? With that scheme, with David 
being all discouraged, being maybe a little bit of drama going on here in his life, thinking, man, I'm, st- I'm about to die. Jonathan says, listen, you're not going to die. But if we were going to die, which we are, hopefully not tonight, hopefully not the next week or two or year, 91 sounds good to me. Number one, we need to have peace with God. We need to have peace with God. David stated that death was just a step away. If death truly is just a step away, there are some things that we should take care of now before we step into that moment of death. We need to have peace with God before we die. You know, back May 10th, 1981, that was a long time ago. Somebody was, somebody was laughing at my birth date this morning of 1970-something. I just, Christmas is not going to be good for them. But 1981, May 10th, 1981, we had an auditorium, big auditorium, big section in the middle, left side, right side. Dr. Ray Bateman, don't even, was preaching that night. I was nine years old and about 15 rows back on the left side there is where we sat. And as invitation time came, I walked the aisle, came forward here to the front, and somehow I was handed off to Mrs. Dobson. Mrs. Dobson took me down around the side here and back in the back, and there was a choir-ready room on this side and ready on that side, and she took me back there. And I remember her having the Bible across from me, and, and I, I'm guessing that she was going through the plan of salvation, but that was the day that I, I, I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And on Wednesday of that next week, I got baptized. I remember on Monday, the next day, man, so excited about salvation, so excited. I remember riding my bike down the street, you know, as you used to do. You used to go ride down the street, and, and uh, back in the olden days, that kind of sounds weird coming from me, and uh, uh, driving down there, and, and Jason Near and Aaron Near and Teddy Tate were playing basketball, and I said, guys, come here. And I remember two of them. I don't remember which two. They came to the road, to the side of the road, the railroad ties there in the parking. I pulled in there, and I told them all about salvation, and I remember two of them kneeling down. I don't even know what I told them at nine years old. There's no telling what I told them, and uh, we knelt there, and, and uh, I, I tried to explain what happened, and I'm going to say that they got saved that day, and, and man, I was so excited about that, but as I as, as went through life, and as I got older and older and older and still getting older, and I had some doubts about that. I don't remember what I said, and I, and I, I know I used that illustration or that, that thing of, of I got married. I don't remember what I said, but I'm still married. You know, I, I remember I said, I do. I think I said, I do. I said, I do, or we do, or something like that, and you know, we, we, we did our vows, right? And, uh, and I don't remember what I said. I remember I was 40 years old, and I remember it was a Wednesday night after church, and we're laying there in bed, and my wife's like, what's wrong with you? What, what's going on? What's, 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 what's mass? I just doubt my salvation. I just doubt it. I just, I, man, I have a hard time with it, and man, I just, I just, I don't, I remember that time. I remember going down the aisle, and I remember Mrs. Dobson back there in the back, and I remember sitting across from me with her Bible open, and I remember that, but I don't remember what I said, and I remember, oh, man, it just bothers me, and I'm afraid that, man, I'm in a car accident, boom, man. And my husband, Lord, come to my heart, save me, before I die, you know, right? You know, you've had, some of you had the same thoughts. Some of you have had those same thoughts of, man, if something happened to me, uh, listen, uh, and so I was 40 years old. I was a youth pastor, youth pastor, and, and I, 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 that night, I said, okay, I'm just going to get this thing settled. I'm going to get it taken care of. And so that night, I got it taken care of. I got it settled. And, and man, the next morning, man, I was boo-hooing, went and told the youth department. <laughs> and I couldn't hardly tell them because I'm you know, crying so bad. And I uh, got baptized the next night or the 
uh, next Sunday night. And, and, uh, uh, and so, uh, but many had that peace with God. You know, there's many of you in here, you, you battle it. You battle that, that, that peace with God, that, 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 that peace of knowing for sure that if you died today, that you would go to heaven. We were at a youth conference last week, and we had three young people that got the assurance of their salvation last week, and how exciting that was. Some of you sit there, and you say, I don't want to go forward because I'm afraid what people are going to think about it. I'm afraid what people are going to say. What are they going to say if I go forward? I'll tell you exactly what they're going to say. Woo! Glory to God! That's what they're going to say. Man, it's exciting when somebody gets saved. It's exciting when somebody gets it settled. And some of you sit out here and you sit there and say, am I, am I saved? I don't know if I'm saved. Am I saved? I don't know if I'm saved. And you don't have that peace with God that you need to have. Man, that's miserable life to live. It's a miserable life. And I remember living that life and sitting there thinking, am I saved? Am I not saved? If I got an accident, would I have time? Man, well, I don't know. Man, now, don't shoot me. I don't, I, man, I'm in heaven. I'm going. Man, to have that peace with God. Some of you, you sit here and you go through uh, church and you go to church uh, Sunday morning, Sunday night. You're at work, you're at home, and you think, man, am I saved? Am I really saved? Oh, listen, sometimes, sometimes it's the sin that you're involved in. Sometimes it is a sin that you're involved in, okay, that we doubt. Well, I, I'm, I, I'm supposed to be a good person. I'm supposed to be this, but look what I'm doing. Look, okay, get those things right with God. Get those things right. Get it taken care of, and let's go on. Listen, have that peace with God that we can have. The Bible says, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. But we can have the peace of God. We can have that. Next. And listen, if you're sitting here right now, if you're sitting right now, you say, man, I want to have that peace. I want to have that peace with God. I want that peace. Listen. You don't have to wait till the invitation time comes, okay? You can find somebody right now. I don't, I don't care. You know, find somebody now. Get it taken care of. Get it settled. Get it taken care of. Next, peace. Oh, this is a tough one. Okay, we don't like this one. You won't like this one, okay? Peace, you ready? With others. Oh, yeah, you heard it. Oh, peace with others. We should make peace with the other people before we die, we need to make peace with other people. The Bible says in Romans 12, 17, and 18, Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Does it say some men? <clears throat> okay. Does it say some men? No, it says all men. Peace with others. Some of you sitting in this room, you have an ought against somebody on the other side of the room. Or you have an odd against an aunt or an uncle or a grandma or grandpa or somebody else. Are you going to wait until a tragedy happens, until something happens and the casket is right here and you come down here and, and maybe it's a mom or dad and, and, the, and, and, the, and it comes down and the casket's there and you sit there and say, oh man, I wish I would have. I'm so sorry. Listen, it's a step between death. One step, one step. Listen, some of you, you have an ought against somebody, and you need to get it taken care of. One thing I've tried to always do, I don't always do this, but I try to, and some of you know I've come to you. If I have a problem with you, I'm going to come to you. If there's a problem between me and a young person, I'm going to go to them. I'm going to go to them and talk to them and say, listen, man, listen, maybe I misunderstood you. Maybe I misunderstood that. Maybe I messed up. If I messed up, I want to know about it. I, I'm sorry. I apologize. 
Why? Because I want things to be right. And some of you, I've come to you being here, and I've got things right. Why? Because I think we have a peace with other people. Is it, you don't want it when you see somebody. It's like, oh, there's that guy again. Oh, man, I hate that guy. Oh, it's that ball and chain, right? That ball and chain. Oh, man, I hate that guy. I don't want to be around that guy. Hey, listen, how about we get things right? How about we, listen, as a church, don't we want to grow? I, yeah, I do. I want, to try, I want the youth department to grow. I want the church to grow. But I tell you what, if we have odd against one another in the church, we are not going to be blessed. We are not going to grow the way we want it to. Who do you have an odd against? Grandparent? A mom and dad? Aunt or uncle? Who is it? Who is it? Think of those with whom you have a problem. If you knew that you were going to die soon, would you not do all within your power to make peace with them? Would you not do all within your power to make to have peace with them? Peace with other people. So I said peace with God, salvation. Peace with others, forgiveness. Next, peace within. Peace within. Got a call just a few weeks ago. Somebody saying, how do I witness to this Catholic person? How do I witness to them? And I tried to, you know, through a, a, I guess it was a text message, actually. It wasn't a call, a text message. I'm trying to text the plan of salvation. And uh, th th this, this person was on suicide watch. I said, more than likely, they have done something in the past that this, this bothers them so bad. Bothers them so bad. Peace within. We also need peace in our own hearts. The Bible says in Colossians 3.15, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Ye should be do, ye should be, we should be doing with our lives what God wants us to do. If we are out of fellowship with the Lord, not where God wants us to be, not doing what He wants us to do, then by all means let us take care of it before we meet the Lord. There's nothing, nothing more peaceful, I guess you'd say, as knowing you're exactly where God would have you to be. At a Bible college, didn't know where God would have us to go, and had a couple interviews, uh, a couple places, and and uh, I just you, know, you pray about, it. Lord, where would you have us to go? And here you're in the middle of the country, and man, you got a uh, possibility to go over here, a possibility to go down here, a possibility to go down there. We prayed about where did the Lord have us to go, and Lord, like where where would you want? Where do you want us to be? And I felt like the Lord would have us to go to Baton Rouge. Either that or just my wife saying, let's go. Who knows? So we moved to Baton Rouge, and I got wind that the, youth, that the pastor wanted me to be the youth pastor. I'm like, I'm just out of Bible college, man. I, don't, I'm not, I can't be a youth pastor. I, I don't know anything. I still don't know anything. And uh, I, 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 I called him, Brother Buchanan. I've got wind that you want me to come down and be the youth pastor. I said, I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready for that. I mean, I, I crammed a four-year Bible degree into seven years, but still, I'm not ready for that, you know? Man, I, I just can't do it. So I, we moved down there, and after two years, we're helping in the youth department and just being the right-hand man and just helping out there and working in the junior high department. And he pulls me in the office, and he says, you're the youth pastor. Oh, I wasn't ready for that either, but here we go. Man, I remember the first week, I remember the first week that uh, I was going to be taken over. Maybe it was the next week I was going to be taken over. I'm like, man, I can't do this. And the youth pastor at the time, he was a layman in the church. He's like, man, what's going on? I said, I said, uh, I said I'm supposed to be the youth pastor. I don't want to be the youth pastor. He looked at me and said, you're right, you can't do it. I'm like, oh, thanks. 
appreciate that. Such encouraging words. But with God's help, you can. I walked through that door and did it. Walked the Lord's help and I did it. And then after being there for 16 years, you know, I felt like the Lord was moving us. The Lord was moving us somewhere, didn't know where. Uh, and uh, uh, prayed about it and where, where to go. And then uh, Brother Miller came to me, hey, would you be uh, the, the children's pastor? Would you be the children's pastor? And I'm like, man, I don't know. And uh, prayed about it for a little while and, and finally felt like this is where the Lord would have us to go. And so we moved up here and, and uh, uh, working. And, and praise the Lord that Brother TJ, he allowed me to work with him with the youth and that was a blessing and i love that and then when brother tj left they said they said uh hey uh would you like to be the youth i'm like yes because i miss the youth i love the youth i'd rather i'd rather talk to the teenagers i mean at least they smile a little bit and they they chuckle even though i'm not funny and, and you know you gotta know when you're not funny right because i know i'm not funny so that's why i don't tell jokes and and uh, uh you just know and uh, uh but um, i stepped to there and i said okay but it's great knowing you're exactly where god would have you to be had that peace within. That peace within. Peace is I have. The truth is I have peace in my heart knowing that I'm doing what God would have me to do. Peace with God. Peace with others. Have peace within our own hearts. Do you have peace tonight? Do you have peace with others? You know, you don't know when you're going to die. There's a story of a, of a, of a, 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 a maintenance man and he's He's a uh, pastor tells his story and he's he's doing some vacuuming in one of the rooms and boom lights out. He was dead before he hit the floor. You don't know. You don't know. Do you have do you have peace with uh, with God and the fact that you know for sure that if you died today that you would go to heaven? Do you know that? Or are you sitting there saying, I just don't have that peace. Okay, well, in a few minutes, Brother Nate will give the invitation and, and come forward. we got people that can take a Bible and show you. Do you have uh, peace with others? Do you have peace within? If death is certain, and it is, then what is it between us and death? What lies there in that space? What lies there in that space? Next, the, the provision of God. The word provide frightens some people. There are a number of ways to use the word. You will not find the word in the Bible, but the providence of God. We mean the, the provision of God in this sense. We speak of the way God takes care of us. You know, nothing will come to me that might be considered harmful unless God allows it to come. Between me and death lies the providential care of Almighty God. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that exciting? The fact that God takes care of us, the, God, the fact that God watches over us. I had to go yesterday to the, uh, the doctor's office to, uh, to get my the physical for the CDL and, and to get that renewed and, and uh, talk to the doctor. And, and I don't know where you lie on this, and it doesn't matter. I'm just not why I'm telling the story. But he said, did you get the shot? I said, no. I said, the Lord will take care of me. I believe that. I believe that. I believe the Lord wants me dead. He can kill me right here, right now. If he wants me dead, it's like driving home tonight, boom. And I believe he could take care of us. I believe that. Looking at the life of David, why do you think that David went into the cave? Remember that story? Where David went into the cave and he's in the cave. Who ended up in the cave with him? Saul and his army. Isn't that amazing? They're in the same cave together, yet God took care of him. God took care of him. God provided God is always at work on our behalf. Through the Lord Jesus Christ, our God is in control. 
You think about Caesar Augustus, and all went to be taxed, right? Well, they taxed everybody, and the fact that Joseph and Mary had to come to Bethlehem, God took care of them. God is almighty, and between me and death lies a provincial care and keeping of our God. Next, you have the protecting hand of God. The protecting hand of God. As we look for God in his provincial care and provision, we can see just beyond that how he protects us. How many times, how many times do you think that God has spared your life? It's going to be amazing, I think, to see in heaven when we get up there and we see how many times that he really did spare our life. I can think of a couple of times, and I can give you a couple illustrations where I know without a shadow of a doubt, I know you can too. You can sit there and you can probably think of times where you know God spared my life. I think it was 1900 and, that sounds a long time ago, doesn't it? 93 maybe, 92. I was working for Four Rivers Enterprise, a plumbing company and mechanical contractor and we drove a truck that was like a bread truck or like a UPS truck and uh, if you open the back doors and on, they had all these bins on the left and all these bins on the right had all the plumbing parts so if you did service work you went to fix a leak a toilet or what a sink whatever you had everything on the truck everything I remember uh, we were riding I was riding with Mr. Lamont he was the boss and as we're riding there <coughs> excuse me as we're riding there, uh, we're coming from Richland. Uh, I lived in the Tri-Cities, coming from Richland to Kennewick and, and on that highway there. And uh, there was only one seat. So you have the seat there where he's driving. We had what we called the doghouse right there, flat stuff. Usually all our junk was piled there. And uh, over here was the wheel well. And uh, I would sit there as we'd go on calls. I would sit there like like this with the window here and I would just lean against the back window and and one day we were driving we were going down that highway from from uh, from Richland to, to Kennewick and as I'm sitting there my back is uh, to uh, against the glass and I can't see the traffic or anything what's going on or what's coming or anything and and I, I'm sitting there and uh, all of a sudden back there off of the shelf a mirror a mirror. Now, why there was a mirror there, I have no idea, but uh, a mirror fell, and, and I'm like, man, I don't want anybody to step on that. I don't want it to get broken, and so I got up from that spot. I walked over there, and I picked it up, and I put it back on the shelf a little bit further back, and, and I turned around, and as I turned around, Brother, Mr. Lamont is sitting right here driving. I look up, and traffic is stopped. We were not stopped. We were still moving. We were headed to that traffic. I grabbed this two by four, I grabbed this two by four, and I braced myself. He hit the brakes, boom, we hit the back of that, uh, that car that was there. And I braced myself, so I was able to just, you know, catch myself this way, you know, strapping 22-year-old as I am, and, you know, man, that was a long time ago. <clears throat> but we had this four-inch pipe that was strapped to the side, the top up here, from the front, uh, front to the back, four-inch pipe that was strapped, and that's where we put all of our copper pipe. That's where we put all of our rebar, our extra pipe, all up in that area. And when we hit that car, <clears throat> that, that pipe went straight through the window. Okay, not straight. It went that far through the window. Okay. But right where I was sitting. You tell me that's not God protecting me. And you could probably tell me a story too. You could probably tell me a story as well. In college, uh, I worked for a company, I can't remember the name of the, uh, Allied Wire comes to mind, but I don't know if that's exactly right, but 
we worked for as um, a type of a welding, spot welding, I think they called it. And uh, you had a form that you would sit there and you'd take these little pieces of metal and you'd put it all in the form and then the long pieces and you'd pull down this machine like that. And Friday night, boy, it, uh, it, uh, work was finished. We were uh, not, there wasn't enough work for all of us there, so they sent two of us home. And me and Leo decided that we were going home and it was Friday night, right? It's only 5 o'clock. We can get back to uh, the college, the, the Liberty Square, right, and have a date uh, or find a date or I don't know, you know, you know. Anyway, it's Friday night. So anyway, so we decided it's, it takes us 30 minutes to drive there, okay? So we decided we were going to walk back, okay? Stupid, <laughs> all right? So Chicago Heights, <laughs> Not another area that really you wanted to be, just the name does not sound like an area that you want to be walking in. So <clears throat> we started walking down the main road, and for some reason, I grabbed a pipe that was about that long. And as I grabbed that pipe, I'm breaking these beer bottles as we walk along, and I had my sack lunch as well. I mean, that is important, my sack lunch. And I had like my grilled cheese in there, my apple, and you know, whatever else you got from the uh, sack lunch line. And so we're walking down, we pass this liquor store here, and there's like four or five guys standing there at the liquor store, and we walk a little bit further, and, and next thing I know, we got two guys right behind us. Oh, I was like, this is not good, you know, like walk a little bit faster, you know, and they're a little closer. Next thing I know, man, they're right there. Hey, what are you guys doing? Well, uh, we're going to Bible college. Yeah, Bible college. There's no Bible college around here. Yeah, it's 30 minutes that way, and uh, you're right, it's that way and and uh, they said go back there and buy us a drink i'm like we're college students we don't have any money and you know we're broke that's why you know we shouldn't have left work early uh, but uh uh somehow some reason they ended up with my sack lunch and they ended up with the pipe and uh, uh and separated us somehow i don't i don't know but about here to the sound booth leo and the other guys standing there I'm talking to this guy, pleading my case. Like, come on, man. What are you guys up to? What are we doing? You know, just, just please don't kill us. And uh, so we, <clears throat> we uh, for some reason, we walked down to where Leo and the other guy was at, and the other guy took off his jacket. And he looked like, if I took off my, no, uh, it, he looked like he had lifted a few weights, okay? He was definitely, and uh, this is one of those times where I was so thankful I was kind of shorter because he looked at Leo and he looked at me and he says, you're bigger, I'm taking you first. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, as he said that, my boss pulled up, boop, sack lunch, thank you, boop, in there, in the car, and he took us back to school. That's God protecting me. Listen, I can tell you story after story after story where I know God protected me. Listen, we're afraid to say, Lord, here's my life. Lord, here, you can have it. Lord, you can take it. You can use it. But we're afraid that God won't protect us. We're afraid that God won't provide for us. We're afraid. Listen, listen, we can tell a story. We see in the life of David how God protected him time and time again. In your life, God will protect you as well. The Bible says in Isaiah 54, verse 17, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and the righteousness of me, saith the Lord. God says, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. 
Next, we have the promise of God. The promise of God. In, this step between, in that step between us and death, we have all the promises of God. Do you need direction? He has a promise for that. Do you need comfort? He has a promise for that. Do you need provision? He has a promise for that. Do you need help with something or someone? Listen, God has a promise for that. Now, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1.20, For all the promises of God in Him are yea and in Him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. No wonder the Lord Jesus talked to His disciples like He did. He said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought of your life, or what you shall eat, or what you shall drink, nor uh, uh, yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto the stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in his glory was not arrayed like of these trees. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things that the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth, that ye have need of all these things. Man, isn't that exciting? Isn't that exciting? And it is a very easy to, uh, to talk about. Uh, it's not very easy to talk about David and Jonathan here in this time, but between each of God's children lies death, and your heavenly Father is going to take care of us. We see, we see the peace of God. We see peace with others, and that is so important. We see peace within, and we see the provision of God the protection, and the promises of God. Well, how do you live in your life? First off, I know you want to have peace with God. You want that. I don't understand how we can live day by day by day and have that turmoil of not knowing for sure. Then you have peace with others, knowing that we're going to die. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. We don't want it to be tomorrow. We know that. But it's going to happen. And you will have regret, possibly. Why not get it settled, get it taken care of? Peace within, knowing you're right where God would have you to go, have you to be, and providing care of God, protecting hand of God and the promise of God. How are you in your life? Don't you realize that God will take care of us? Don't you realize that God will guide us? That God will provide for us. We serve an almighty God. An almighty God. Listen, let's just let the Lord have control. Let's let the Lord have control of your life. Every head bowed, every eye closed.